Good morning, ladies. It's Rebecca Edwards, and I am so sorry that I can't be there with you today in person, but I am thankful for the technology that we have been afforded that allows us to still be able to record this podcast and air it for you. Um, So I was asked to share today with you about what faith looks like in the storm, and more importantly, what storm when the storms don't change. And to be honest, I find this to be a hard one. I think it would be a lot easier for me to share with you what faith doesn't look like. Uh, As I thought about what I'd be sharing and wanting to be intentional of our time, I was reminded that it's not just me that's doing the persevering to begin with. As we've been fortunate to see over these last weeks in Habakkuk, it's never us that does the persevering, but God who in his kindness and mercy enables us to persevere. Our God and keeper of our lives, it is he who sustains us through every storm and trial. And apart from him, I can only imagine where I would be. Perhaps that's why there's so many calls to remember all throughout his word. Remember, lest you forget God. Remember, lest you start to think you've made it here on your own. But remembering can be hard. As I've spent the last few weeks reflecting over the last five years, I've had to vigilantly battle against my own flesh to put off anger and jealousy, covetousness and bitterness that comes so easily if I begin to look at me and my circumstances rather than on God and his character. I've had to adorn myself with Christ, remembering who God is, what he has done, and stand upon his promises, being thankful that he in his mercy and goodness has called me and promises to complete a good work in me. You'll have to forgive me if I seem to ramble. Um... But let's just dig in. So imagine for a moment that you're in a store and you see a child having an all-out tantrum. You have no idea what the cause is, only that this child seems to be in serious distress. And then your eyes shift to the mom. She seems to be a combination of maybe embarrassed or concerned. And in this moment, she hands the child a toy and they walk to the checkout. You think, she just needs to tell that child what's what. If she had said no and followed through, they wouldn't be behaving this way. Or the same situation, but this time maybe the mom is being firm and you think that she needs to be more gentle in her approach and then she could avoid it. These might seem like pretty dark introductory stories, but the truth is I'd bet many in here, many listening, have experienced it from time to time. The mom wars are real and they are a sad reality of our fallen nature. In attempts to plug into the communities around us and find out where we belong, I say that in quotations, you can't see me though, (laughs) we are so quick to devise these little groupings and pass judgment on anyone outside of it. But praise God that we know where we belong. Let's thank God that through his word he has made clear our identity in Christ and we don't have to look anywhere else because he is enough. We know this to be true, and the more we rehearse these truths to ourselves, the firmer we stand upon his promises, the promises of our God and Father. And we can rest knowing that he's all around us to give us that rest. But consider for a minute that you are one of the mums above, and that scene to pick it isn't isolated to a few times here or there. The mum who handed a toy had brought her child into that store for that toy. And the child is having a really hard time because being in a crowded store is a challenge for them. That toy was a reward for the effort and flexibility their child was giving 
even just to try, though it didn't work according to plan. I share all of this because it is a large part of my story that I'm sharing today. I was and am one of those moms, and the call to remember who God is and what he has promised is one of the ones he's been growing in me throughout all of this. So almost six years ago, the most wonderful thing was about to happen. After being told for years that we couldn't have a baby, our prayers were answered and I was going to be a mom for the first time. Our family was about to grow. Now I'm sure none of you did this leading up to it, but Charles and I would have so many excited conversations about how we as parents were going to basically break records with our children. Our child was going to sleep peacefully through the night at a young age on her own. Our child was going to join our lives in present routines. And overall, we were just going to parent in these truly epic ways that would lead to having these pristine children who basically come out selflessly loving and enduring us always. We would have shouted out from the rooftop that we were going to be able to handle anything God brought us because we had God. So May 30th, despite the sheer chaos that led to an emergency section, was a peaceful day. God was present. We laughed more. We had the floor pretty much to ourselves. Our family stood in unity, praying together over us as we went into surgery before the staff as well. There was a beautiful glimpse of God's grace, and our sweet Ava Lamb was born. More recently, a friend described her as being a glitter ball of light, an accurate depiction for anyone who knows her because it's something that bursts like energy, sticks to you, gets everywhere, and something that has such a sparkle, you're drawn to it. Ava is the most hilarious, the sweetest, and most caring little lady, always reminding us of what Jesus likes or doesn't, and fueled with enough energy to supply us all. She is creative and artistic. She's brilliant. She has a photographic and ascriptive memory. She thrives with routines and structure, She feels greatly and in ways beyond her years, and arguably with intense empathy. She loves all things that fly and have wings. She has a large heart for helping those in need. She is truly amazing, awesome, and she is autistic. And saying that is still a little hard for me. For the same reasons that I felt shame as one of those moms mentioned above because I was the one that was searching for a community to fit into, and I never quite fit into any one of those molds. I would voice some of our struggles early on as a new mom, and well-intentioned others would assure me that it was a learning curve. And when it wasn't just a learning curve, because it went on for days, months, then years, I'd feel alone or judged before I even shared. I felt like the others saw me as that mom who just complained And you know what? In many ways, I was grumbling because at that time, my sights were set on fitting in. And I had not only forgotten that God has, in fact, called us to be set apart, but the fact that I was desperately trying to fit Ava into this mold with me as a child who was not neurodiverse was as if I was saying that God had made a mistake. My heart still breaks at even saying this because, ladies, God does not make mistakes. And she is a gift. I began to condemn myself and would focus on the things that others had said or didn't say. And the fear of men I struggled with in the past had come back in ways unforeseen to me. At that time, I was not grounded in the word as we so desperately need to be. 
And so my own sins and then coupled with her fear and intense anxiety around crowds, getting into and remaining in church became an exhausting challenge. It would involve screaming and crying as we would pull into the parking lot, inconsolableness the entire service, and then progressing throughout the rest of that day. And then over time and as the years progressed, it grew into a battle that would start at the beginning of the weekend and would end by the following Wednesday. Just in time to repeat. Some voiced their concerns as they thought we weren't coming. Others thought that because they didn't see all of what was going on, that we just weren't trying enough or had stopped trying altogether. And in the end, church and our family here had become a place that we dreaded coming to. And the family feel we had before just wasn't there. I felt far from God, and we were consumed in it. And it was not because he had left us, but because I'd stopped looking to him. It had been a few years of sleepless nights, and I began to lose clarity as well. Started to believe I was parenting wrong, and that was what did it. We as a family had so much anxiety around it, and the idea of trying to get our child to thrive in the nursery, that it was just overwhelming. And then one day, one Sunday, Tim Challies came here to give a sermon on Revelation 5. And it was this reminder that I needed, or at least the one that God used to remind me of what was at stake and truly important. That our King has won the victory. That the Lamb who was slain is worthy to receive all glory and power and praise. And He alone has bled my salvation. He alone is also who I must trust and turn to for my comfort and in my sorrow and isolation. I did not need to look elsewhere. I was reminded to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach me through this to trust in God and to understand who He is. I also needed to seek to walk in obedience rather than fixating on what others thought was right or wrong, but to look to His Word and seek His counsel, praying for wisdom and for my eyes to be set on the future glory that was to be revealed. In that sermon, we were reminded that God has provided richly to us the Lamb who alone could take the scroll and that condemnation does not come from the Lord. It was as if through that message, God was asking me, who is the king of my life? Was I seeking his will and the faith that please him? Or was I seeking my own glory and for a man-made faith that would temporarily please others? I don't know if you've done this, if you've ever read the Bible and you're reading like Pharaoh's response or the Israelites in the golden calf and you just think that's crazy. They just saw God part the seas only to realize that we are doing the same things. It is so easy in the easy times to say that we are trusting God and relying on him. But when the storms come, are we drowning in the waves or are we blessing the rock that holds us up in the storm? I'm sure... Some of you might think that this hasn't been rich with the encouragement, but the truth is that it's hard. I think it's easier for me to share what happened when I came to know Christ because there was this clear change, but there isn't. There have been so many wonderful things that have happened, learning to speak the language that is our daughter, learning to trust God fully and to set our hope in our future glory, being educated in the ways that will best help her and seeing the fruit of that labor. There have been a lot of things that we are so thankful to God for and have seen this experience as a gift because through it, he's drawn us closer to himself and given us constant means to rely fully on him because that is the reality. We have learned that even though we had plans for what our life was going to look like and for our children, God had a plan that was far better 
and one that involved us pressing harder and harder into the Lord. 2 Corinthians 1.3 states, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I have seen this to be true. More recently, I have been able to meet other ladies who are going through similar circumstances and being able to share what we did, what we didn't do, or even just being a good ear to listen to for one another has brought great comfort to all of us. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that faith, faith doesn't always look like it's moving. We know that it says that as we're looking to Christ, we are being transformed daily. And so we must be looking to Christ. And in seasons where it's dry or discouraging or we despair, it's hard for us to see those things. But everything is being used for our good and his glory, for those who love him. Through Christ, we share abundantly in that comfort too. (sighs) Ladies, our God in his kindness keeps us tethered to himself. His faithfulness is not contingent upon our faithfulness, and his grace isn't based on our obedience. He has spoken every word, and every word has and will come to pass. And because he is God, and he is faithful and trustworthy, we can hold fast in every single storm, and in the mundane, boring, no storms are happening moments too, because he promises to work all of those things for our good. And he promises to complete the good work that he has started. We must simply trust him and keep our eyes fixed, not comparing our lane to others, but reminding ourselves that God has placed us where we are on purpose and keep our eyes fixed on the prize that's at the end of the race. Run with endurance. God has given us wisdom through his word and I have learned that I must look there and I must come before him in prayer confessing my sins, confessing my sins to others who can hold me accountable, and then praying, just lamenting. I've learned to lament before our God and that it is okay. God would much rather us come and lament to him than to go and grumble to others, but then also to trust knowing that God has good wisdom in it, and he can take even the things that are wicked and turn them to good. Thanks be to God for his grace, his mercy, his love that endures forever. Amen. You're seen and that God loves you. Thanks for listening.